Let's take a drive down. Let's take a drive down Tangier Avenue. Any <laughs> any any fucking time you wish, my guy. I was just waiting for my son to to shut his fucking quit job being a like crackhead. I told you to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Because, <laughs> yeah, so we'll just have an inflated fucking record time because your son won't shut his fucking mouth. Keep all this in, by the way. <laughs> why are you Why are you sending what? so many zeros? I enjoy it. Okay. Do you have a fucking problem? Uh, um, well, what just... the fuck? I just heard your son do, like, a fucking chicken scream. <laughs> like, two, two distinct high-pitched box. <laughs> Look, man, <laughs> um, I cannot confirm nor deny that my son is part chicken. Okay. Uh, anyways, hi, welcome to Tangent Avenue, everybody. Hi, I'm my Bryson. Name's Tasman. Okay. Okay. Whoa. 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 Hi. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go on. Yeah. Do it again. Slow your fucking roll. All right. My name is Tasman, and I'm Bryson, and this is Tangent Avenue. In this show, we bring a new topic every week, spanning the incredibly broad to the incredibly niche, and we tell each other all about it for your lovely, lovely little chicken ears to hear. Don't do that. That's bad, and no one wants to hear it. That's fair. Uh, so what's your topic today, Verson? Um, oh, um, the th- I did uh, the topic last week. Uh, remember the oh. uh, remember the slave patrols? Oh. Yeah. 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 Those oh, goofy yeah. okay. green boys. Um, right, yeah. So today, the episode was originally meant to be our live Christmas special. However, due to a series of personal events over the past couple of weeks... Your we stupid, stupid fucking kid decided to get fucking pneumonia or whatever the <laughs> shit. SARS. <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> yes, uh, he was a real sick boy. Nicknamed Sid. And was quarantine. It was just a rough... Like two and a half weeks. Can we talk about Anyways. SIDS? Kids? No, SIDS. SIDS? What about it? Do, are you aware of what it stands for? Because I hope you are. Yes. Yeah, I, just, I am. How fucking it's... wild is that, like, oh, sudden infant death syndrome? <laughs> like, yeah, that's not it's a real syndrome. fucked up. I think a really um, lazy doctor named that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Couldn't be fucking um, bothered to diagnose somebody. She's so like, oh, sudden infant death, it happens. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Sometimes uh, they just fucking yeah. fucking cock out. Yeah, me too, man. Yeah. Me too. Cock out, balls yeah. out. Cock out, oh. balls out. Going full yeah. Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> this is an advertisement for honey. <laughs> <laughs> if only. I'd love uh, to get advertised by honey. Yeah, me too. I I use honey actually. I do too. This isn't an ad. Don't use them. They're not paying us. (laughs) Get fucked, honey. (laughs) I spent like uh sorry. I saved like thirty dollars on getting our website, so that was pretty cool. Well, we have a website. Uh, it's not up yet, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, you got to tell me this Uh, stuff, man. (laughs) I'm still designing it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, good for you, buddy. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, so instead of talking about Santa Claus's penis or whatever we're going to talk about in this episode, uh, we'll still be doing a Christmas special, but it's just going to be coming out as a bonus episode on Christmas Day. Cool. Instead, today, we're talking about one of my favorite conspiracy theories, the Dial oh. Tall Pass incident. 
Have you ever heard of it? Oh, Dyatlov? Yeah, I've heard of Dyatlov. Yeah, yeah, sure. One of those. Yeah, I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. It's a fun little time. Yep. It's got everything you need for a great conspiracy theory. It's got the Soviet Union. It's got espionage. It's got fucking... Dead teenagers. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I'm recording a podcast. You can't close your vape. <laughs> That's what you're in here for. How can you not close your vape? Maddie! Maddie! No, leave all of us in. Maddie, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Go away, Maddie. Bison says you're ruining you're ruining our chance at be becoming big podcast people. <laughs> Bryson said you're ruining our chance at becoming big big podcast people. <laughs> uh yeah, it's leaking from the bottom. I don't know why though. Holy shit, she just made her son vape. You guys heard that? What? No, I did not. Um, yeah, I don't know what's up with it. How do you close that? The little just... white thing? The little white thing? I tried, and I, like, pushed as hard as I could. I don't... I don't know, <laughs> Closed it within, like, a second. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the DLF Pass incident. It's got everything it needs for a good conspiracy theory. It's got... Uh, the Soviet Union. It's got fucking, um... It's espionage. got fucking. It's got it's fucking. Possibly. Here's hoping. Uh, it's got... Gotta retain uh, warmth, warmth somehow. Yeah, exactly. It's got a bunch of people dying in a strange event. It's got lights in the sky. It's got weird weather. It, it's got everything. And I love it. It's just very... It's a very interesting conspiracy theory to me. So before we get on that episode, I've got a riddle for you that is not un, is not unconnected to the Dia Love Pass incident. Okay. Okay. So, can't wait to hear how it's unconnected. Um, <laughs> sure. Um, sixty people, all dead in a cabin. There is no okay. sign of like violence. No sign sign of struggle. Nothing. They all died at the exact same time. Okay. What happened? They drank the Kool Aid. At the exact same time, there's <laughs> fucking <laughs> <Yep>. cheers. <laughs> yeah. It's not that one, so keep going. You got three guesses. Okay. I've heard this, but I don't fucking remember it. Um, fucking 60 people. 60 people. All died at the same time in a cabin. Uh-huh. Did the cabin just get fucking crushed? <laughs> yeah. It was a big Acme fucking safe fell on the cabin. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> At least 60 people in diameter. <laughs> Can we talk about how big this cabin is, though, to fit 60 people? I know, man. It's fucking nuts. It's a big fucking cabin, and they all died at the exact same time. Anyway, okay. uh, last guess, buddy. Um, uh, mm-hmm. I got nothing. It was a plane crash. Oh, the cabin is playing. Yeah. Okay, that's fucking dumb. Got wow, alright. Fucking hurtful. <laughs> uh, that's dumb, but no, let's hear fucking f- five or ten people freeze to death for a bit. Nine. Nine? I have five yeah. or ten was pretty fucking close. It was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. 
what do you know about uh, the Delta fucking well? Dyatlov. I'm like half ass. asleep still. I'm man. aware. We can skip <laughs> recording today. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't. Or this we can record tonight. Comes out this Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. we could record tonight after D and D. No, it's like fine. We'll just awake. we'll just fucking truck through. All right. <laughs> um, what I know is uh, nine people died, um, freezing to death. Uh, I know that there is some fucking thoughts on exactly like the a lot of the conspiracy comes in like to define it in like a sentence like the the order in which they died and a lot of people think there was like killing and stuff of that nature and i won't spoil what actually happened but because <laughs> <laughs> there is a fucking correct answer here <laughs> like all conspiracy there's, theories there's three correct answers that because the case was reopened and mm-hmm. we'll get into that a little bit later and there is no one for sure correct answer. They cannot narrow it down. So one for sure, they have three guesses. Mm-hmm. But in total, there is 75 conspiracy theories for this incident. I hate all of them. <laughs> So, in 1959, between February 1st and 2nd, nine experienced Russian hikers died under very unusual circumstances in the northern Ural Mountains. Episode over. Yep. (laughs) Theories range from the usual aliens, uh, nuclear testing by the Russian military, military involvement in general, El Nasty, which is Russia's Bigfoot. El Nasty! El Nasty. That fucking (laughs) kicks ass. I'm back on board. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking, of course El Nasty did it. The little freak. Uh, I knew you would love that. (laughs) I love, okay, here's what I love about El Nasty. Because when I think, like, anything that's, like, (laughs) L and then any word, I'm like, ah, Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) Russian. (laughs) It's just a fucking Bigfoot and a sombrero just fighting bears in the Russian mountains. (laughs) Shirt idea number two. A very, like, Vladimir fucking Putin is just, like, talking about it in a very staunch Russian accent, but the moment he says El Nasty, he's like, El Nasty. (laughs) (laughs) And a fucking maraca chimes. (laughs) Fuck, I love it. Uh, Yeah, it's good. So, there's another shirt idea. Um. (laughs) Fucking Bigfoot with maracas, hell yeah. And a sombrero. How do we make this more communist, though? Um, uh, he's he's holding got, a like, union card. <laughs> I was going to say he's got a hammer and sickle carved and in, uh, shaved into his chest, not carved. Well, <laughs> carved is <laughs> pretty hardcore, though. I'm down yeah, with carved. Fair. All right, sure. <laughs> Just fucking bleeding yeah. from the chest. <laughs> Dead in the snow. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyways. Yeah. Fuck, I don't know how um, you're going to get any better after El Nasty, though. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's impossible, We really. peaked it's, ten minutes in. We peaked. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, El Nasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a lot of other theories as well. Like I said, this 75-ish. The released report says that the six died from hypothermia, and the other three showed signs of physical trauma. Mm-hmm. 
One victim had a fractured skull, two had major chest fractures, one body was missing both its eyes, and was missing its tongue. The released cause that the military has put out for the incident is a compelling natural force. It's a wild ride, so let's dig right in. Um, I've got an immediate complaint, though. Okay. So they were they're hiking on a mountain, correct? Yep. Okay. Um, whoever's thought was that it was nuclear testing is batshit fucking insane. Because, <laughs> like, there's a reason we test nuclear bombs in Nevada. Because it's flat ground and not going to destroy a fucking mountain. <laughs> so eh, so the idea of, like, doing. a fucking... <laughs> Russian just like, let's just fucking throw it over that mountain and see what happens is nuts. Yeah. Well, the the reason for the nuclear idea is that they found, uh, like, there's nuclear uh, presence on the bodies. Ooh, interesting. Maybe yes. fucking uh, El, uh, <laughs> El, El Nasty. Nasty is just a nuclear experiment gone wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly. Hey, here's open. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I'm going to start out by saying there's quite a bit of Russian in this episode, so be prepared for me to done fuck up even more words than usual, which I know, is a lot. It's not even in... Li- <laughs> I mean, and don't get us wrong, he'll mispronounce the words in English, too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, originally, the group was meant to consist of 10 members. Most members of the group were from the Ural Polytechnical Institute, now Ural Federal University, and the expedition was named for the 21st Congress of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union. Put together by 23-year-old Igor Dyatlov, who had pass, who the pass would later be named after, the team consisted of eight men and two women. Each, uh, and each member was a grade two hiker with a ski tour experience and was meant to be certified as grade three upon their return. At the time, this... Kind of a sausage fest. Yes. Um, at the time, this was the highest grade achievable in the Soviet Union. So they knew their shit. Mm-hmm. The route was designed for the team to reach the northern regions of the Sov- uh, fucking shit. Sovatolog fucking Oblast Omega Mountain. <laughs> I don't fucking know. And the upper streams of the Lazva Laz- River. The goal of the expedition was to reach the Gora or Tartan, a mountain <laughs> 6.2 miles. <laughs> Fucking cut the episode. We can skip a week. (laughs) This sucks. This is going to be so fucking painful to listen to. Yeah. How would you say Gora or Torton? I don't know. Can you send me the spelling? Uh, G-O-R-A. First word. Second word. O-T-O-R-T-E-N. O-Torton. O-Torton. O-Torton's pretty good. That'd be a good middle name, I think. Okay. Yeah. Sure. That's my thought. Immediately. All right. Yeah. And that's it. (laughs) <laughs> and that's a mountain 6.2 miles north of the site where the incident occurred. This route in February was considered the most difficult time to take as a Category 3. On the 23rd of January in 1959, the Dyatlov group was issued their route book, which listed their courses following the Number 5 Trail. At the time, the Sverkolosk City Committee of Physical Culture and Sport listed them for approval, plus an extra person who was listed. Uh, Semyon Zolotaryov, I don't fucking know. Uh, (laughs) I am American in every ounce of my blood <laughs> i cannot pronounce one word of russian <laughs> fuck man this is rough <laughs> yeah 
Definitely certainly uh, not your best work, my guy. No, nope. <laughs> he was previously certified to go as another expedition of similar difficulty, um, but it got canceled, and so he joined up with them uh, without knowing any of them or anything. Uh, the team left uh, Severkadox City, which uh, today is known as <sighs> Yekaterminburg. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, on the same day they received the route book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, don't listen to this one. If you've gotten this far yeah. in, just fucking skip this one. It's going to be rough. Yeah. It's pretty rough. Um, especially if you're Russian. I mean, yeah. you might want to fucking we have to, We do have some Russian fans, so we do apologize. <laughs> I apologize so much. It's probably so painful for them. Um, it's painful for me, and I don't even know what the words are actually supposed to say. Yeah. <laughs> Um, on January 27th, the group started their trek towards the Gora Torton. Uh, not even a day later, one of the members turned back due to health issues, and the other nine... Pussy! Pussy, indeed. This, was it a man or a woman? It was a man. Good. Girl power. Girl power. Yes, queen, go die in the cold. <laughs> <laughs> Camera and diaries were found near their last campsite that made it possible to track their route. On January 31st, the group arrived at the edge of a highland area and began to prepare for climbing. In a wooded valley, they stored extra food and equipment that would be used for the trip back. The next day, the hikers started to move through the pass. It seems they planned to get over the pass and make camp for the next night on the opposite side, but because of worsening weather conditions, snowstorms, and decreasing visibility, they lost their direction and deviated west towards the top of the Kolat Siakal. When they realized their mistake, the group decided to set up camp there on the slope of the mountain rather than move to uh, less than a mile downhill to a forested area that would have offered some shelter from the weather. It was speculated that they didn't want to lose the altitude gain, so they decided to practice camping on a slope. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is where they would meet their end. The investigation was slow as they weren't expected to be heard from again until at least February 12th through... um, Really, there wasn't, like, a set amount of time that they were expected to be heard from. Uh, Dyatlov expected it to be longer than February 12th, so nothing came until February 20th when the families of the hikers demanded a search and rescue party be sent out. Originally, the search parties consisted of only volunteer students and teachers, but the military and Soviet police would very shortly get involved. On February 26th, the searchers found the team's abandoned and badly damaged tent on the Kolat Siakal. The student who found the tent was left baffled by the state it was in. Here's what they had to say about it. The tent was half torn down and covered with snow. It was empty and all the group's belongings and shoes had been left behind. The investigators noted that the tent was cut open from the inside and nine sets of footprints could be followed outside. All of mix of barefoot, only socks, only shoes, etc. Leading many people to believe that they left in a hurry trying to escape something. And you Eventually, know El Nasty. You can't see me, but I'm making Maraca hand motions hot which could be mistaken for milking something. don't el nasty is that your kink test milking milking el nasty yeah all right i mean who who's kink who wouldn't have that kink it's el fucking nasty that is the nasty <laughs> <laughs> 
fucking El Nasty uh, pops up to some Russian hikers. <laughs> Donde esta biblioteca? <laughs> what the fuck did you just say? I think it's where is the library? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> just fucking El Nasty appears in the middle of the fucking snow. Like, in the middle of winter... In a mountain during a snowstorm uh-huh. to nine hackers. Hacker, hackers. Hackers. No hackers. <laughs> nine the movie hackers. hackers. And, ask, <laughs> and ask them where the fuck the library is. No, he walks up fucking hammer and sickle, sickle. emblazoned on his chest. Goes up to one and says, Donde esta biblioteca? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, awful it's real it's rough so awful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not my proudest moment episode. and yet <laughs> it is um it's better than my russian man that's all it truly is but it doesn't take much to be better than that it really doesn't <laughs> eventually the tracks would be covered by snow but the investigators would find the remains of a small fire underneath a tree where they found the first two bodies shoeless and dressed only in underwear the branches of a tree nearby were broken up to 16 feet leading some to believe that one of the hikers fell attempting to look for something possibly the campsite while it led others to believe that something big broke it el nasty Donde esta biblioteca? Between the fire and the camp, the investigators found three more bodies who died in poses, suggesting that they were attempting to trick back, trek back to the tent. It would take them an additional four months to find the rest of the travelers. Uh, they were found on May 4th under 13 feet of snow. Three of the four were better dressed than the rest, and there was evidence that they took the clothes off the less fortunate first before succumbing themselves. After the first five bodies were found, an immediate investigation was initiated to find out the exact cause of death. One of the five had a small fracture on their skull, but it was thought to not be a fatal wound, and all were suggested to have died from hypothermia. However, when the next four bodies were found, it shifted the narrative. Three of the four bodies were found to have fatal injuries. One of them had major skull damage, and the other two had major chest fractures. Now, here's one of the weirdest parts about that. Mm -hmm. The amount of force required to create the amount of damage that these people had would be similar to that of a car crash. However, there were no external wounds that correlated with the fractures that would indicate the cause. So, to be clear, one of the theories is a drunk driving accident, right? (laughs) Yep. Yeah. <laughs> just Harry Potter and Ron Weasley just trying to make their way to Hogwarts just fucking found the Diatlov Pass, rammed into these guys and left. Ron is fucking off his knocker <laughs> on just the fucking most lovely drinks. Yes. Ronald Weasley! Yep, cool. Hey, let's uh, continue. Okay. Yeah, sure. Cool. All four of the bodies did have soft tissue damage, however, one was missing her eyes, tongue, and part of her lips, as well as missing facial tissues and skull fragments. Another had missing eyeballs, and another had missing eyebrows. Hot. I think Ed Gein found them. Yeah. Personally. Makes sense. Um, yeah. <laughs> My man Gein knows the value in a tongue. <laughs> He's a virgin, but he has an idea. He, he gets it. Anyway, tell me more about this biblioteca. 
Yeah, Biblioteca. I'm pretty sure actually is a name of a temple in Mexico. An Aztec temple. Is that sure. a real thing you think or Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty there's is something Oteca at least. Um so it could be a Skrillex concert for all you know. <laughs> no, like there's for sure a temple named something Oteca. Uh it might be Biblioteca because it, it might just be named the library. Uh it, it's actually a pretty cool story, but we'll get into that in a different episode. <laughs> don't leave, don't leave yeah. the something Teca. <laughs> <laughs> The initial theory for the cause of death was that the local Mansi people, reindeer herders in the area, had murdered the group for intruding in the area. Several Mansi were interrogated, but the theory just didn't hold up. Even though the victims had fatal injuries, no signs of human involvement could be found. For starters, there was only the group's footprints in the area, and there was no signs of hand-to-hand struggle. Fucking cops, am I right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, it was a real racist moment in their history. But I mean, hey... What country has no ro- uh, no racist moments? I don't think any do. I don't think so either. <laughs> the world's fucked up. Yeah. It's pretty sick, though. We have iPods and shit, you know? Yeah, sure. So you gotta, you know, you gotta appreciate that. I don't. Or, okay, well, you don't have to, just I guess. Just kidding, I do. I do appreciate it. Do you appreciate iPods? Yeah, I just don't. When was the last iPod no. you got? <laughs> Um, I want to say 2014, 2015, I bought an iPod Touch. I used that for a while. All right. Powerful. So. Shit, my bad. Yeah, exactly. It's only like fucking five years ago, man. Okay, dude. Six years I get it. Move fucking on. No, I can't. This episode's now about iPods. That would make a good episode. What? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. There's no way of truly knowing what makes a good episode before we do it. That's also true. So before I get too much into theories, I'm going to go over the events and some known facts discovered about the case to really drive home the weirdness of it. Okay. So six of the group members died of hypothermia and three. Happy thermia. Did I say hype? Happy thermia. You did. Oh, what oh. the fuck. I was pretty happy. You really do. I told you. Let's just fucking hold (laughs) off. Like, take a nap. We'll do it after D and D. No, it's fine. It's clearly not. (laughs) They'll enjoy listening to my. Listening to you fucking die. Yeah, they'll enjoy it. All right, they'll be like, "Wow, this podcast is finally about to end." Yeah. Fucking eleven episodes too long. Thank fucking Christ. (laughs) Uh. Yeah, and three are fatal injuries. There were no indications of other people nearby on the Colatsicle, uh, Seacle, sorry, apart from the nine travelers. I still don't know if that's right. I don't know why I'm saying sorry. The tent had been ripped open from within. The victims had died six to eight hours after their last meal. Chases from the camp showed that all group members left the campsite of their own accord on foot. Some levels of radiation were found. Uh, to dispel the theory of an attack by the indigenous Mansi people, Vaz Raz Radini. Hell yeah! Um, the investigator in the case stated that the fatal injuries of the of the three bodies could not have been caused by human beings because the force of the blows had been too strong and no soft tissue had been damaged. Releasing uh, release documents contained no information about the uh, condition of the skiers' internal e- 
Organs? Fucking Egan's? I don't know anything about internal organs either, so it makes sense. Uh, Yeah, that's fair. Obviously, there were no survivors. 12-year-old Yuri Kuntsevich? uh, Kuntsekovic? I don't know. Consuela. Yeah, sure. Consuela. Yeah. I like that. It makes sense. I mean, like... Fucking, if there's one thing we know about Russians after this episode is that they ape a lot of shit from Spanish. (laughs) Uh, Literally, big ape. Big ape. Literally, (laughs) big ape. That ape? Literally. Big. Big ape? Uh Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Who later became the head of the Yekinturgberg-based Yacht Law Foundation. I love Yekinturgberg. (laughs) Uh, attended five of the high group's funerals, and he called that their skin had a deep brown tan. Another group of high group... Hell yeah, getting some, <laughs> catching some fucking rays. <laughs> yeah, man. I like to imagine that they... Uh, so it was also later claimed that they had uh, gray hair as well. Uh, so I like to imagine their fucking, like, full open um, casket in just their bathing suits, sunglasses on, hair back... Laying up in the rays with a deep brown tan, and that's how I imagine they're just vibing, parents. not a phone just in sight. Vibing. vibing like a bugbear. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Love so, to see it. Uh, yeah, another group of hikers 31 miles south of the incident reported that they saw strange orange spheres in the sky to the north on the night of the incident. Similar spheres were absorbed in the Evdel and adjacent areas continually during the period from February to March 1959. By various independent witnesses, including the Meteorology Service and the military, these sightings were not noted in the 1959 investigation, and the various witnesses came forward years later. Uh, Do you remember the random guy who joined the group last minute? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So, on... April 12, 2018, Zolotrov, uh, re- his remains were exhumed on the initiative of journal- of the journalists of Russian tabloid newspaper Komsomsomvachanga Pravada. It's getting very close to xenophobic. You need to fucking <laughs> retreat. Wait, how? I don't know. <laughs> I just, I was singing. Uh-huh. Um, com. I literally have no idea how to pronounce it though. Komsom Alskaya Pravda. I don't. Have you ever heard a fucking Russian say Skaya? <laughs> Is that no. something you hear a lot, Taz? Not at all. Tasman Kui. No. Nope. Didn't think so. <laughs> it's not something I say a lot either. <laughs> That's true. It isn't. Move on. Uh, contradictory results were obtained. One of the experts said the character of the injuries resembled a person knocked down by a car, and the DNA analysis did not reveal any similarity to the DNA of living relatives. In addition, it turned out that Zolotrov's name was not on the list of those buried at the cemetery that the others were buried in. Nevertheless, the reconstruction of the face from the exhumed skull matched post-war photographs of Zolotrov. Although journalists expressed suspicions that another person was hiding under Zolotov's name after World War II. Ooh. Yes, very interesting, especially the fact that his DNA didn't match any of his living relatives. Makes sense, though. That's the most He could be adopted. To me. Yeah, I guess. I could know. be adopted. 
I don't. I, I doubt the Soviet Union uh, kept adoption records. <laughs> they probably just fucking handed babies out like Oprah Winfrey from under the seat. Just you get a baby. You get a baby. Why are you so silent, man? Do you not want a baby? I, I, oh, I don't. Quite literally, I don't. Um, oh. But uh, good for you. You get a baby, though. I don't want one. You get a baby. I will kill it. <laughs> <laughs> what? On purpose. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm sure the Soviet Union would have been fine with that. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I don't know if it is either. <laughs> Stalin was not a good guy, though. Yeah. So, he might be fine with it. I don't know. What'd the baby do? Uh, nothing. As far as, I mean, it's a baby. Yeah. Would you kill Did your baby? Did it cry wrong at Stalin? No. Okay, then it's fine. I'm okay. Sure. Okay. But if it disrespected him in some way, I'm sure it's fucking gone. Yeah, sure. Anyways, yeah. episode over. Yep, please. Welcome to Supposedly. Supposedly. I'm Rue. And I'm Jesse, And we're the co-hosts of the podcast Supposedly. Supposedly. Every week we cover some creepy fun things like true crime, murder, paranormal stories, hauntings, conspiracy theories, and so much more. And I know this is a little conspiracy theorist. For those stories to originate uniquely and have such commonality is so cool. <laughs> that was a great whiny sound. Why haven't I had you do that before? I don't know. It's a it's a hidden talent. Okay, I, uh, I want to hear it again. Ah! He just chopped off both of her arms? Both of her arms. Oh my god! Rue! We have a podcast, not a, a math degree. Hashtag Jesse likes aquatic. Hey, we don't have to wear bras around each other, right? So, let's get into a murder. Join us next time on Supposedly. Supposedly is available wherever you like to listen. Hey, Dice Goblins. What? Where are the goblins? Everywhere. They're listening to us right now. They're in our ears. Don't take my wax, please. It's so precious to me. To have the wax. Okay, wax goblin, dice goblins, whatever you need. You guys can visit the tabletopgameshop.com and use the code TANGENT to get 10% off your purchase for all the tabletop RPG games that you need. Oh, I love dice. Give me some of that. Changing from wax goblin to dice goblin? I, I'm both. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a goblin of many stripes. Okay. Any goblin or mini stripes. You can, you can be a cup goblin. Get some cool cups on that website. Again, that's code TANGENT, T-A-N-G-E-N-T, to get 10% off your purchase. Well, that sounds good. So. Yeah, so? Welcome back. Ah, oh, sure. To the shit show of an episode. <laughs> Dude, you gotta have more faith in your own episodes. Come on, buddy. No, man. Nah. Um, this episode is a shit show, and I hope you enjoy the chaos that ensues. So we only have one question this week. Do we only have one question? Yeah. What was the question? For the Q&A? Oh, yeah, that's right. That is something <laughs> we do. 
You're not the only yeah. one tired tonight. <laughs> it's not even nighttime. Hit yet, us with man. that question, though. Hit us with that wonderful, lovely little fuckboy little question of yours. Yeah, it's a real sad question. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for it? Yeah. So why is it so hard for some people to let go of the past and move on with their lives instead of chaining themselves to a memory and stopping all forward progress? That's from Aaron. Because stuff, the familiar is comfortable. Um, And even if progress, like, I kind of tie this thing to the climate change a little bit. (laughs) And you'll see why, though. Okay. So when I talk to... Uh, my parents about climate change. Something my mom always says is, "Well, what we could use that money to um, help uh, soldiers because it feels good to help soldiers." And I'm like, "Okay, sure, we could do both. And if we, you know, spend money to stop climate change, um, the uh, and like you know, if climate change is fake and we spend all that money." We will have wasted our money on making a cleaner and safer world. Yeah. There's or, no bad side to fighting it. Or we don't, and we all fucking die, including soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, people are more comfortable with bad shit that they know than mm-hmm. anything good that could possibly happen if something were to change. It, well, it's kind of like uh, this isn't it doesn't pertain to the question in and of itself. But for that sen- specific scenario, people like to see immediately like what their money and what their help is going towards. They don't want to see years down the line mm-hmm. what their change could occur. It's like immediate satisfaction versus fuck the other thing. <laughs> There's literally a word for this, and I cannot think of it because I'm still half asleep. Yeah, I'm just going to wait. Okay, sure. Yeah, Um, yeah. Immediate satisfaction versus whatever satisfaction down the line you may get. People want that immediate release. It's one of the main reasons social media is as big as it is. It's because people like your pictures or whatever, or listen to our episodes, and we get a nice big dose of serotonin. We come a little bit in our pants, and we're real happy. But... So this is kind of lost train of thought. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going. But, I mean, people just like Thanks for what listening to this episode, though. <laughs> You're welcome, because I am the only one listening. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, people are scared of change inherently. I'm not. I love change. I think uh, it's the best part of good. life. I would love to be immortal, so that way I can see everything change. People find comfort in familiarity, and when things also change, the neoliberal cl- fucking status quo. Fuck, sorry. What? Okay, did your Shapiro come out a little bit? No, that was more leftist shit than Shapiro, but I guess it just sounded angry. So my first I thought was angry. Shapiro. Yeah. <laughs> angry about politics well it wasn't about a uh a trans person existing so it couldn't have been that close to shapiro <laughs> you had to really think about how to say that in, in a somewhat pc way didn't you no no, no. it sounded like you hesitated no. for a fat man i'm just tired <laughs> i forgot the word for all right it. <laughs>
I've been working a lot this week, um, so yeah. I'm fucking donezoed. Yeah, I've I've been working a normal amount this week, but my son has been up to like six a.m. Where I died. fucking came, Ugh. classic fucking Taz. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, Where? we didn't answer your question. Sorry, guys. No, I mean we did. Like people did, are guess, scared to change. But... That's it. That's yeah. the thing. We did it. That's why a lot of people struggle to get better with depression too, is yeah. because. Once you're depressed for so long and things start getting good or going good or whatever, then mm-hmm. it's changing. And they found comfort and at least they knew that they were going to be sad. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. Or abusive relationships Anyways. or any number of bad situations. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I think we should elect L. Stinky or whatever his name is. <laughs> I think he is uh, our communist president. Yeah. I agree. Why are all of our characters communist? Oh, that's why, because I'm in the podcast and I demand it. Yep. <laughs> I demand it and I fucking get it. <laughs> uh, Hey, guys. Huh. Don't judge this episode for the reason why you might support our Patreon. But we do have, we have one Patreon now. <laughs> if you've liked every other episode besides this one, then you can maybe wait it. till next episode. Yeah, maybe, and then support wait. it because we might just be yeah. bad forever. Who knows? <laughs> we might we might have had nine might've or peaked. ten episodes in us and yeah. fucking kick the bucket right away. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yuck. All right, go on. Let's get this shit over um, with. I'm not going to say anything the rest of the episode. Oh, we also have a merch. Oh, right. Yeah, we do have merch. We have uh, cool shirts. Yeah. All the links will be in the description. We have cool always. shirts for bad bitches. So if you're a bad bitch, get the shirt. <laughs> Why don't you just advertise for us all the time? Well, because we have to advertise to more than bad bitches. No, man, we don't, really. <laughs> Do we only need the bad bitches? <laughs> we only need the bad bitches. All right. <laughs> well, I work lo- I work more than you, that's why. <laughs> I remembered. <laughs> I think we work the same amount. I do more overtime than you do, though. I guess, yeah. Yeah. So shut your fucking gob. I think it evens out, though, because I have a son and a wife. Yeah, but watching your son is... Yeah, that's why you do all that shit, though, is because I don't have time. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And also, who cares about your wife and your son? You let him do whatever he wants, so you're a bad parent. (laughs) What do you mean? What do you you think I mean, Taz? I meant what I said. Episode over. Podcast over. All right. 11 episodes and we're done so wow <laughs> so uh yeah. yeah mini what yeah huh yep mm-hmm. cool many people remained silent for 30 years before reporting new facts about the accident one of those people was the former police officer lev ivanov who led the official investigation in 1959 
1990, he published an article that included his admission that he that the investigation team had no rational explanation for the incident. He also stated that after his team reported that they had seen flying spheres, he then received direct orders from high-ranking regional officers, officers to dismiss the claim. Ooh. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. Also, mm-hmm. I, I exclusively listen to Tucker Carlson, so I assume if people wait a long time to do anything, it's all lies and everything is wrong. <laughs> okay. That's how I do, baby. So, the final verdict was the group had died of compelling natural causes. The case was shut in 1959, and all official documents about the case were locked up in the archives, and nobody was allowed to access them. Now, let's go over the theories for the cause of the incident. As I stated earlier, in 2019, the case was reopened by the Russian government, most likely to try to stop the conspiracy theories about the incident, but this had the opposite effect. This re-sparked the conversation on an international level, and they made a list of about 75 theories and narrowed it down to only three being quote-unquote possible. The first and most widely accepted of these theories is an avalanche. Uh, An author by the name of Benjamin Radford disliked the more supernatural theories and wrote this speculating about the avalanche theory. The group woke up in a panic and cut their way out of the tent, either because an avalanche had covered the entrance to their tent or because they were scared that an avalanche was imminent. Better to have a potentially repairable slit in a tent than risk being buried alive in it under tons of snow. They were poorly clothed because they had been sleeping and ran to the safety of the nearby woods where trees would show, uh, would slow oncoming snow. In the darkness of night, they got separated into two or three groups. One group made a fire, hence the burned hands, while the others tried to return to the tent to recover their clothing since the danger had passed. But it was too cold, and they all froze to death because they could have they could locate. Whoa! Whoa! Cool. Love typos in yeah. my script. They all froze to death because they couldn't locate their tent in the darkness. Bring a point... fucking flashlight. <laughs> Obviously, Jesus Christ, man. That's crazy. At some point, some of the clothes may have been recovered or swapped from the dead, but at any rate, the group of four whose bodies were most severely damaged were caught in an avalanche and buried under 4 meters or 13 feet of snow, more than enough to account for the compelling natural force. The medical examiner described, uh, Dubinina's tongue was likely removed by scavengers and ordinary predation. Dubinina's. <laughs> Yeah, good name. <laughs> Love that shit. Give inject uh-huh. that shit right into my veins. I'll inject it somewhere, man. Okay, let's okay. keep this moving, huh? Uh huh. A review of the 1959 investigations evidence com- completed in 2015 to 2019 by experienced investigators from the investigative committee of the Russian Federation, on request of the families, confirmed the avalanche with several important details added. First of all, the ICRF investigators, one of them an experienced alpinist, alpinist, whoa, confirmed that the weather alpinus, on the night of, am I right? Alpinus, yep. Mm-hmm. Cool. Confirmed that the weather on the night of the tragedy was very harsh, with wind speeds up to hurricane force about 45 to 67 miles per hour, with snowstorm and temperatures reaching negative 40 degrees. These factors weren't considered by the 1959 investigators who arrived at the scene of the accident three weeks later when the weather had pretty much completely improved and any remains of the snow slide settled down and had been covered with fresh snow the harsh weather at the same time played a critical role in the events of the tragic night i love critical role which hate you fucking in the events of the tragic night which have been reconstructed as follows 
On February 1st, the group arrives at the Kolat Siakle Mountains and erects a large nine-person tent on an open slope without any natural barriers such as for forest. On the day and a few preceding days, a heavy snowfall continued with strong wind and frost. The group traversing the slope and digging in the tent with the snow weakened the snow base. During the night, the snow filled above the tent starts to slide down slowly under the weight of the new snow. Gradually pushing on the tent fabric, starting from the entrance, the group wakes up and starts evacuating in a panic, with only some able to put on warm clothes since the entrance was blocked. The group escapes through a hole cut in the tent fabric and descends the slope to find a place perceived as safe from the avalanche less than a mile down at the forest border. Due to some of the members having very incomplete clothes, the group splits. Two of the group only in their underwear and pajamas were found at, this, at the Siberian pine tree near the fire pit. Their bodies were found first and confirmed to have died from hypothermia. Three hikers, including Dyatlov, attempted to climb back to the tent, possibly to get sleeping bags. They had better clothes than those at the fire pit, but still quite light and their footwear was incomplete. Their bodies found at various paces, uh, places ranging from 1,000 to 2,000 feet from the campfire and poses suggesting that they fell to exhaustion while trying to climb in deep snow and extremely cold weather. The remaining four, equipped with warm clothes and footwear, were trying to find or build a better camping place in the forest farther down the slope. Their bodies were found 230 feet from the fireplace under a thick layer of snow with traumas indicating they fell into a snow hole formed above a stream. These bodies were, only were found uh, after two months. According to the ICRF investigators, the factors contributing to the tragedy were extremely bad weather and lack of experience of the group leader in such conditions. Why do people hike? I don't get it. It's fun, man. It's not fun. I, I get it. I love hiking. I love the woods. Yeah, we'll wait till you get nuked by a Russian government. And can't wait. Until you love it. I will. Yeah. I can't wait for Good that for you. moment. Maybe I'll meet El Nasty. That would be Maybe fun. He'll show me where the library is. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. He, the only thing he can say is he can ask where it is. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right, so I show him where the You're not is. finding it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fact is contributing to the tragedy with extremely bad weather and the lack of experience of the group leader in such conditions, which led to the selection of a dangerous camping place. After the snow slide, another mistake of the group was to split up rather than building a temporary camping place down in the forest and trying to survive through the night. Negligence of the 1959 investigators contributed to the report, creating more questions than answers and inspiring numerous theories. So how do you feel about the avalanche? I'm... I like it. It's a good, it's a good thing. I'm glad it happened. You think yeah. that the avalanche is the official thing? I would say, I mean, it's certainly the most, like, the easiest one, you know? Okay, cool. So now I'm going to tell you all the evidence that, evidence that disproves the avalanche theory. All right. I, yeah. I, I love to learn. <laughs> the location of the incident did not have any obvious signs of an a avalanche having taken place. So, you, so you're discounting really discrete signs. <laughs> <laughs> None of the obvious uh, signs, like bunches of snow. Look, man, I'm just quoting. All right, okay? all right. <laughs> An avalanche would have left certain patterns and debris distributed over a wide area. The bodies found within a month of the event were covered with a very shallow layer of snow, and had there been an avalanche of sufficient strength to sweep away the second party, these parties, these bodies would have been swept away as well. This would have caused more serious and different injuries in the process and would have damaged the tree line. 
Over 100 expeditions to the region were held since the incident, and none of them have ever reported conditions that might create an avalanche. A study in the area using an up-to-date terrain-related physics revealed that the location was entirely unlikely for such an avalanche to have occurred. The dangerous conditions found in another nearby area, which had significantly steeper slopes and cornicuses, uh, were observed in April and May when the snowfalls of winter were melting. During February, when the incident occurred, there were no such conditions. An analysis of the terrain and the slope shows that even if there could have been a very specific avalanche that found its way around, its path would have gone past the tent. It had collapsed from the side, but not in a horizontal direction. Dyatlov was an experienced skier in the much older Zol- Zolotryov I don't know his name. I'm just going to call Zolotrov, him Zolotrov, I believe, would be the name. Zolotrov? That actually sounds right. Yeah, sure. Uh, was studying for his master's certificate in ski instructions and mountain hiking. Neither of these two men would have been likely to camp anywhere of a potential avalanche. Footprint patterns leading away from the tent were inconsistent with someone, let alone a group of nine people, running in a panic from either real or imagined danger. All the footprints leading away from the tent and towards the woods were consistent with individuals who were walking at a normal pace. The last one especially sticks out to me as they seemed to have walked away in a calm demeanor, though they had cut open the tent from the inside. Well, um, in the true spirit of um, conspiracy theories, I'm going to take all of that contradi- all of that information that contradicts the theory I believe, and I'm going to ignore it. Okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm getting in the spirit of it this time, guys. Because <laughs> frankly, anything that disagrees with the conspiracy, it's part of the conspiracy. <laughs> uh, the next theory is catabolic winds. Catabolic winds, baby. Uh. So, in 2019, a Swedish-Russian expedition was made to the site, and after investigators, after investigations, they proposed that a violent catabatic wind is a possible explanation for the events. Catabatic winds are somewhat rare events and can be extremely violent. They were implicated in a 1978 case uh, at the Anaris Mountain in Sweden, where eight, hi- eight hikers were killed and one was seriously injured in the aftermath of the catabatic wind. The topography of these locations were noted to be very similar according to the expedition. A uh, sudden catabatic wind would have been po- uh, would have made it impossible to remain in the tent. The most rational course of action would have been for the hikers to cover the tent with snow and attempt to weigh the tent down and seek shelter among the tree line. There was also a torch left on top of the tent, possibly left there to intentionally so the hikers could find their way back to the tent once the winds calmed down. The expedition proposed that the group of hikers constructed two bivouac shelters, a temporary bivouac. shelter made without a tent. Bivouac. Yeah. Bivouac. I'm surprised you know that. I read a lot. Okay. Uh-huh. A temporary shelter made without a tent, one of which collapsed, leaving four of the hikers buried with violent injuries observed. Yeah, okay, before I move on. That's the catabatic wind theory. Oh, okay. Seems reasonable. Uh, yes, it does. Uh, mm-hmm. Another theory popularized by Danny Eicher's 2013 book, Dead Mountain, is that the wind going around Kolat Seattle created a Carmen Vortex Street, which can produce infrasound capable of inducing panic attacks in humans. So is this a Carmen San Diego Vortex? Is it like, uh, does it make sense, or... You know, giving panic attacks with wind, that sounds insane. 
<laughs> uh, it's a real thing. Um, it's weird. Uh, so Where according in the world to Akers, is this Carmen San Diego vortex. I'm trying to do what I can with the material you've given me, so you know. Okay, it's awful. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can only use so many tools. <laughs> According to Iker's theory, the infrasound generated by the wind as it passed over the top of the mountain and was responsible for causing physical discomfort and mental distress in the hikers. Iker claims that because of their panic, the hikers were driven to leave the tent by whatever means necessary and fled down the slope. As they went farther down the hill, they would have been out of the infrasound's path and would have regained their composure, but in the darkness would be unable to find their tent. The traumatic injuries suffered by three of the victims were a result of them stumbling over the ledge of a ravine in the darkness and landing on the rocks at the bottom. Hmm. I do like this magic wind theory. <laughs> magic wind? <laughs> Uh-oh, catching a breeze. I'm a bit stressed. You know. Yeah. Love I really wind. like Me the wind. Too. What are your thoughts on wind, generally? I love wind, too. Yeah. When I was Makes a kid. Ha- I love thunderstorms and, like, windstorms and stuff. It makes me happy. I'm the same way. Except when the power goes out. When I was a kid. I sad. When I was a kid, I, my school had this, like, the, it, it kind of felt like our, like, recess ground was basically a uh, hole because on every side you'd have to go up to a hill to get to the fence. And I would, like, go stand up at the hill on windy days and just let it push me down the hill. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah uh i would always try to like in elementary school try to like make uh jump down the hill and let the wind take me uh-huh. never worked but someday someday uh so here's my favorite theory speculation exists that the campsite fell within the path of a soviet parachute mine exercise this theory alleges that the hikers were woken up to loud explosives <laughs> Do you want to hear a good thing in my script? Yeah. I I accidentally typed, hikers were woken up to loud explosives. <laughs> the hikers woke up to loud boom booms. <laughs> oh boy, that's so good. Um, <laughs> Mommy give me explosives. <laughs> Uh, and fled the tent in a shoeless panic and found themselves unable to find their tent. After uh, after some members froze to death attempting to endure the bombardment, others took their clothing only to be fatally injured by a subsequent parachute mine concussion. There are actually records of parachute mines being tested by the Soviet military in the area around the time the hikers were there. Parachute mines detonate while still in the air rather than upon striking the Earth's surface and produce signature... Man, mm-hmm. I was yeah. I, I finished this script last night at like three a.m. Yeah. and I made so many typos and produced similar. Hey, injuries. when I was in college, <laughs> um, there was this fun thing where I had to write a review. Yeah, for a movie we watched, because um, uh-huh. I was a film student. Because fucking obviously, <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Um, so. I, we watched the movie, and then I, like, didn't do it for fucking days on days on days. And then it, I was like, oh, wait, that paper's due tomorrow. So I stayed up until 4 a.m. working on it. Uh-huh. And when I turned it in, the teacher called me to the front. I was like, what the fuck is this? And I read through it, and it was 
fucking nonsense. <laughs> like, I was like, holy shit, I'm sorry. And I was like, yeah, you can redo this if you want. <laughs> and that was the only class I passed with a B. <laughs> Anyways, uh... It produces injuries very similar to what the hikers experience. Heavy internal damage with comparably less external trauma. The theory coincides with reported sightings of glowing orange orbs floating or falling in the night sky within the general vicinity of the hikers and allegedly photographed by them. Potential military aircraft are descending parachute mines. Or small orange gods. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, guys, it's that time of the episode where I... You haven't done that in a couple episodes. And you haven't been editing them in? <laughs> I wasn't going to wait five minutes for a new another, one of our old episodes to load up in my editing software. Uh-huh. Go through Lazy and find wherever you fucking... <laughs> Lazy fuck is what I'm hearing. Okay, sure, yeah. Um... Anyways, this theory, among others, used scavenger animals to explain the soft tissue damage. Some theorize that the bodies were unnaturally manipulated due to characteristic liver mortis markings discovered during an autopsy, as well as burns to hair and skin. Photographs of the tent allegedly show that it was in- erected incorrectly, something that experienced hikers were unlikely to have done. A similar theory alleges the testing of radiological weapons and is partially based on the discovery of radioactivity on some of the clothing as well as the bodies being described by relatives as having orange skin and gray hair. They're just Trump, you know. And it couldn't be it couldn't be like Imagine Dragons uh, came by and made it radioactive. Radioactive, radioactive. We're really not on our best today, huh? We're not, man. <laughs> Um, however, radioactive dispersal would have affected all of the hikers and equipment instead of just some of it. And the skin and hair discoloration can be explained by natural process of mummification after three months of exposure in the cold and winds. The initial suppression of files regarding the group's disappearance by the Soviet authorities is sometimes mentioned as evidence as a cover-up, but the concealment of information regarding domestic incidents was standard procedure by the USSR and therefore far from peculiar at the time, and by the late 1980s all the Dyatlov files had been released in some manner. There's also a theory that their last-minute addition to the party had been a Soviet spy. Why would they have put a Soviet spy on a fucking hiking expedition? Not not to spy on them. Um, not the reaction I expected. You always get excited when I mention spies, and you didn't, and I'm real sad about it. I do it. get excited. I'm excited by spies. I just don't understand why there would be any. So, as previously mentioned... And you already got me are... at my peak with fucking El Stinky or whatever his name is. <laughs> Fair. Uh, as previously mentioned, there is military testing in the mountains in that area. So, the theory goes that the last-minute addition of a Soviet spy, possibly hired by another part of the Soviet Union to check on the happenings in the area, or even was just attempting to find something very specific in that area. He was very determined to make this expedition, even joining a group that he knew none of the members of, just to be able to make sure uh, he could 
you know, make the trek. Uh, when his previous plans had fallen through. He had strange tattoos that weren't in any known language and had requested to go by a different name than his legal name and was much older than the rest of the group, approaching his 40s when the rest of the group was in their early 20s. His body was found a significant distance away from the rest of the bodies with the camera with film that was beyond repair. The reason he was so far away from the rest of the party photographing something is unknown, especially with being unable to view what he had photographed. The official theory kind of goes like this. Zolotarov had left the tent in the middle of the night, photographed whatever he had needed, and none of the other party members had witnessed and one of the other party members had witnessed this and either felt they needed they needed to put a stop to it or Zolotov caught them in a fight ensued. The only evidence backing this up and Zolotov having uh, was ha Zolotov having a broken nose and another party member having bruised knuckles. And on top of the storm, panic between the group followed and they ended up splitting up and the weather events killed them. Or, hmm. the military testing was the case, except they had noticed the hikers after the initial parachute bomb test had happened. They deployed ground troops to follow up on the events due to the secrecy of the Soviet Union at the time and finish the job. The only evidence to back this up is that they were trained in ways of killing that reduced external evidence of human involvement, such as physical pressure to the abdomen that would kill somebody, ways to snap necks, etc. Initially, just wiping the evidence of them being there, they then framed it as some natural cause. Then they found out that one of the men that they had killed was their own, wiped all evidence, and shut down the case as quickly as they could. Interesting. Mm -hmm. There's also theories involving supernatural involvement, such as aliens, or... Of course. Al Nasty. Al Nasty. Al Nasty. What I find uh, interesting about the spy theory is I think, like, given the way the injuries kind of line up, it kind of makes sense that that could be what yeah. happened. But when you're talking about... If, like, if the idea is that a Soviet spy was spying on its own military compounds, um, A, why would you do this through hiking? Mm -hmm. Makes no fucking sense. Like, taking a picture from a long distance when you could easily insert just a grunt soldier in and have no issues seems kind of yeah. weird to me. Well, um, yeah, unless yes they no. were looking for something else on the mountain, in which case, what? <laughs> El Nasty. Yeah, of course. <laughs> They're fucking capitalist El Nasty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I like that theory. <laughs> yeah. There's fucking their radioactive, uh, radioactive fucking experiment went wrong. El Nasty is just in the mountain. This spy was sent to try to track him down and find him. Uh, photograph what is what he's doing how he's doing uh and then uh at the same time um other people found the group the like military spot at the camp uh came down saw the uh photograph of el nasty and then just fucking killed them all yeah because no one's allowed to know yeah and then realized that one of them was uh their own covered it up and boom there Official, official we solved cause. it. We solved it. We solved it. Boom. Episode cool. over. Yeah, done. Done so. <laughs> um, yeah. Aside from what I literally wrote in the script, the Yeti theory doesn't have any backing to me, but now it does. <laughs> I really like that because it's like the Yeti theory doesn't have any backing, 
No shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, now nah, I'm on board with it. I think God did it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. On purpose. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um. So yeah, as fun as the old nasty theory is, and you know. The alien theory, really, aside from the strange lights in the sky and the radiation, doesn't. Neither of those really make sense in this one to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love aliens, and I would love to believe it was aliens, but I and can't aliens are real. One. Yeah, we absolutely. know they're real. Whether they're here or not is a question. I don't think so. Taz, what are your? Do you think there's aliens here? Vibing. I don't know. With all the military shit this year, and them releasing like shit about ufos and saying that they have a craft i'm now questioning here's the thing believing that they may have been here here's the thing right i find the fact that they're like the so it's okay here's the thing right that that came out like what was it three months ago yeah i've not heard anyone fucking talk about it yeah right i know it's weird, man. It's fucking weird. But also, basically, all the only thing that they confirmed is that they did see stuff flying that they didn't identify. And that's yeah. fucking it. <laughs> well, no, there was another report saying that they uh, had a craft. Oh, did they? Yes. Yeah. Uh, which is the more interesting one to me. Because there's obviously been uh, several... Yeah, <laughs> UFOs unidentified flying object not hard to chalk up um there's been project blue book and like several military projects uh, that like we know kelly about blue book sure. that's what that's what project blue book is right just to ensure that you have yeah. accurate pricing on cars yeah absolutely uh yeah project blue book was a military uh like research team um trying to like investigating uh sightings of ufos trying to find out if they were a national threat mm-hmm. um so it's very obvious that ufos are real whether they're aliens or not questionable the thing that got me was them saying that they had a craft from out of this world yeah. and we haven't heard shit about it was it moon men how cool would it be if we all thought martians existed but in fact it was just moon men yeah they just live on the dark side of the moon man yeah they're cheese people just that's why we got boys. the theory that the moon was cheese because there's cheese people on it. Do you think anybody really uh, believed in that? I hope so. <laughs> I do too. I would fucking love to see fucking caveman drawings of cheese. Yeah, absolutely. Cheese in the sky. How's the PS5, by the way? Uh, Here's the thing. It's yeah? still not here. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I'm starting to think that I might have been scammed by a very, like, official-looking small business page. Um, but did you and, not just did you not just call UPS? I I have not called UPS. You have a UPS that... tracking number, don't you? Uh, no. Oh, you got yeah. scammed then. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, almost certainly. Yeah. Uh, I've already contacted my bank about it. They said that it's supposed to be here today, but I don't fucking believe them. Be at funny, this point, so. Hey, if it is, I'm coming over. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um. To play Demon Souls but, before you. I'd have to download it. Good. Do that then. <laughs> uh, the only thing we know for sure about is that this nine people is, died. <laughs> yeah. 
Nine people died, and every possible theory has some sort of hole in it. Especially El Nasty. El Nasty. No, El Nasty is the most solid proof. Um, We cracked it, man. We did it, dude. Yeah. Fucking Um, adios. Fuck it. I'm just I'm just gonna call it there. We fucking did it. I was gonna say that it was probably an avalanche, but no, you know, I don't yeah. think so anymore. We fucking cracked it. All nasty did it. Solid. And there was a spy trying to find them. We did it, man. We fucking we solved our first case. We're officially Yeah, man. <laughs> what are we? We're what are we now? Podcast. We're true crime podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, we gotta fucking redo everything. But, yeah. yeah. Well, hey guys. Uh, Tez, do we have any reviews? We have one. We have one review. Wow. Love to hear that. It's from uh, Castbox, uh, on, which is uh, another, like, uh, fucking uh, podcast, like, fucking thing. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and. Mm-hmm. All it says is great show. Thank you, Castbox. <laughs> it's from somebody without a username, so I hey, can't thank you. I love it. Hey, hey, I, ID 20352834. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. We do. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Did it. We did it. We fucking got her done. Well, hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening and i wouldn't be shocked if nobody is hearing this portion because fucking this episode's had a wild time but we do appreciate those of you who stuck through uh as always if you guys <laughs> want to reach out to us uh you can tweet us at uh tangent avenue on twitter i'm at uh, at one a toothpick with no k i'm as Raphael, and you can uh, follow the show's twitter at tangent avenue we have an instagram what i already said that Oh, fuck. All right. Fine. Yeah. You can find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page and a Facebook group that you can join. We have started a Patreon, which we will be a- releasing exclusive content on uh, starting on around the first Wednesday of January, whatever that may be. Yeah. I don't know the date. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, right now, you get early access to all of the episodes. Uh, there's, uh, a $25 tier, which gives you merch as well, uh, for every quarter, uh, as well as all the other, uh, tiers gives you a bunch of stuff. Yeah. We're um, great at explaining this. We'll come out with yeah. a, a, a solid one, <laughs> a solid yeah. explanation here soon. We're still kind of yeah. early stages. Yeah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> on top of that, uh, you get access to immediate access to the episodes once they've been recorded and edited and that's a for sure thing and you also get scripts as soon as the episode comes out on patreon Um, and you can see just how far we actually deviate from it because sometimes it's pretty fucking wild oh yeah (laughs) half my scripts are not finished (laughs) (laughs) that's just fucking set <laughs> yeah i can't believe that this we ended up recording we're at an hour and 16 minutes now yeah but remember maddie was in here I'm fucking surprised. fucking us over for 20 minutes that's fucking fair. stupid cunt anyway <laughs> what what's your problem with me calling your wife a cunt 
My problem is that I need to butt chug some coffee, man. All right. Um, okay, cool. Um, as always, <laughs> we want to thank Julia Marie Artistry for our lovely cover photo. Um, you can find more of her work at Instagram.com slash Julia Marie Artistry. Uh, we also want to thank Homesick Entertainment for our intro, mid-roll, and outro. Uh, you can find more of their work at YouTube.com slash C slash Homesick. And as always, thanks for listening. Fuck my tight and- ass. Whoa, what? That's it. Ending it Fuck your tight ass? That's how we're ending this? That's how we're ending it. We're ending this on me fucking your tight ass? Yep, that's it, baby. You better fucking moan, then. Donde esta biblioteca? Oh, yeah.